Chapter 19 of The Story of the World, A Simple History for Boys and Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Wayne Cook. The Story of the World, A Simple History for Boys and Girls by Elizabeth O'Neill. Chapter 19, Charles the Great and the Holy Roman Empire. Charles the Great is often called Charlemagne, which is a French way of saying his name, but it must be remembered that the Franks in his days were still more German than French, and soon Charles conquered so many lands that France was only a very small part of his empire. Charles was not a little man like his father, Pepin the Short. Indeed, it was said after his death that he was seven feet high. He was very handsome and very clever, and in a few years he won for himself an enormous empire. The Lombards, under a new king, were worrying the Pope again, and Charles marched across the Alps to help him. The Lombards were conquered, Didier their king was forced to go into a monastery, and Charles the Great became king of the Lombards. Then Charles turned against the Saxon tribes between the rivers Rhine and Elba, and conquered them, too. He made them all become Christians, and added their land to his empire, but it took thirty years of terrible wars to finish the conquest. Charles conquered also the terrible Avars, a people related to the Huns, and very like them. They had overrun the country of Bavaria, but Charles practically destroyed them and added Bavaria to his empire, so that it now stretched right across the middle of Europe. He also crossed into Spain, and drove the Saracens south as far as the river Ebro. There is a famous French poem written in the Middle Ages called The Chanson des Rolands, which tells the story of Charles's war against the Saracens in Spain. The story tells, but we are not sure how true it is, that Roland was the nephew of Charles, and fought with him against the Saracens. As they were crossing the Pyrenees back into France, Roland was at the very back of the army. Charles had gone on before, when suddenly a great army of Saracens appeared on a mountain top between them. Roland had only a few men, and his friends advised him to blow his horn and bring Charles back to help him. But he was too brave to do this and made up his mind to fight the great Saracen army with his few men. He did so, and all day they fought, killing many Saracens, but being nearly all killed themselves. At last Roland blew his horn, and Charles heard it far away and wanted to turn back, but an enemy of Roland told him it was only the sound of the wind. Twice more Roland blew, but the last time it was when he was dying, and all his men were dead. Charles turned back to help him, but found him dead. He loved Roland dearly, and was almost heartbroken. There was another enemy whom Charles dreaded more than any others. These were the terrible Northmen, or Vikings from Norway and Sweden and Denmark. They were Teutonic people, too, and now, when the Teutons and the rest of Europe had been settling down for hundreds of years, they suddenly began to move, 
and for the next two hundred years were constantly attacking the countries of western europe we shall see later how dreadfully these northmen or danes attacked the english in charles's time they were already attacking the northern coasts of his empire and after his death they conquered and settled down on parts of it charles was a very good and holy man he was anxious that all the people of his empire should be good christians he made good laws and tried to keep order through all his empire he was always a great friend of the pope and was called the most christian king and defender of the church at last he received the highest title of all that of roman emperor which as we have seen had been given up more than three hundred years before charles had now an enormous empire and perhaps he himself was anxious to have the name of emperor we do not know but this is how he got it at last on christmas day in the year eight hundred the emperor was kneeling saying his prayers before the tomb of st peter in the church of st peter at rome when pope leo the third suddenly placed a golden crown on his head and all the people cheered and cried out the name of the emperor there was no emperor of the east at that time but an empress however charles and the emperors in the west who came after them were never emperors in the old way sometimes they were powerful and sometimes they were not later on in the middle ages there were terrible struggles between the holy roman emperors as the emperors of the west came to be called and the popes as each wanted to be more powerful than the other it was a very difficult question to settle the emperor could only be crowned by the pope and yet when he was crowned the pope had to bow before him the proud popes of the later middle ages would do no such thing some of the emperors expected the pope to do just what they told him to and so there were terrible struggles between them but this was not so with leo and charles they worked together for the good of the people and the good of the church charles lived to enjoy his empire until he was seventy years old and was then buried sitting on a marble throne in a vault beneath the beautiful church he had built near his palace in the city of aachen or a la chapelle he had ruled so well and lived so simple a life that the people looked on him as almost a saint when he was not fighting he gathered scholars around him in his palace while he was at meals he would have someone reading or playing to him he ate well but drank very little and cared nothing at all for luxury or magnificence his whole life was given to the service of the church and the people of the great empire he had built up he has always been one of the great heroes of the middle ages charles the great died in the year 814 and his son louis the pious became emperor after him louis was a very good and holy man and tried to rule the empire well but he was struggling during the whole of his reign with the people who wanted the empire after him at first he had three sons and one nephew and he arranged for the empire to be divided between them when he died the first son to be emperor but his nephew a young man named bernard wanted to have italy for himself even while his uncle was still alive 
he rose in rebellion against Louis, but was defeated, and by order of the emperor he had his eyes put out and soon afterwards died. This shows how cruel even a good man like Louis could be in those days. Afterwards, Louis knelt humbly at the feet of the Pope and asked pardon for this sin. Later, Louis married a second time and had another young son. His elder brothers did not want this boy to have any of the lands of the empire, and when their father arranged a kingdom for him, they gathered an army to fight him. Before the battle, many of the emperor's friends went over to fight on his son's side against him, and afterwards the meeting place was called the Field of Lies. The emperor was taken prisoner and shut up in a monastery. The sons tried to make him give up his throne, but he would not. After a time, Louis got free again and defeated his sons before he died, but it was a very sad ending. After his death, and after many quarrels between the sons, the great empire was broken up into three kingdoms, which were really France, Germany, and Italy, with a small part of southern France. This division did not last long. There were many more changes, but in the end France became a separate kingdom from Germany. Generally, whichever king had Italy as part of his kingdom was called the emperor. Sometimes there was no emperor at all. Meanwhile, great changes were taking place all over Western Europe. End of section 19